everybody. You are listening to Cue the Banner. It is Monday, August 17th, and we have an exciting episode planned for you. We're going into the MLB on the brink of a potential outbreak with the Reds. Don't want to see any of the aftermath that we keep seeing with the Cardinals. The NBA playoffs begin today, Monday at 1.30. We have all the games and that playoff bracket is set. NFL, most exciting news, remarkable story, Alex Smith returns this week. In the NHL, we're going to go over the playoff schedule, uh, which has so far been remarkable for fans. They're getting to watch games all day. In golf, Jim Herman picked up his first career win. Go Bearcats. NASCAR, Chase Elliott wins Sunday at a road course in Daytona. First Daytona road course. NCAA players continue to opt out, but Justin Fields starts petitioning to play. That just says everything that you need to know about NCAA football. Then we have segments, a reoccurring segment before the blackout, and we have a new one, Sports Superstitions. Plank, hit it. Yes, back, 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 back same way we are going to be playing uh we're gonna start with darts that's gonna be over quick because I'm, I'm gonna destroy you in that we're Good gonna man. play iphone games back and forth throughout the episode just to start a little bit of competition this might be a tournament like all all season like all year yeah we'll just keep some well plank just keep the records for us yeah plank just keep a tally i have something i need to talk to you about what is the deal with the Snapchat stories and the drinks? And what? Uh, for the listeners, my co-host, the King of Shitty Takes, continues to put out Snapchat stories of just his drink. I did it I, one time. Uh, you've done it multiple times. You did it with a Bud Light, uh, I think, last weekend. So what's the point? Are we... You want everybody to know you're drinking, or like you're a party animal? I'm just yeah, I'm just a huge party animal. So I, I, like you travel, like is that what you want? Yeah, I mean, I just I'm a huge party animal, so I want everyone to know. Is it the clout? Like, do people reach out to you and they're like, "Whoa, sweet beer looks just like mine." Like, how does the conversation? Yeah, go? that's that was exactly what happened. Actually, they're like, "Oh my god, you're drinking a beer, so am I." Is that why? Is that why you put those stories out? No, I was just enjoying a day. With family again, it's my last weekend with family, so we had a little Sunday fun day today. So your way of saying, hey, I'm having fun with the family, is everybody look at my drink on Snapchat. Exactly. It, it just screams I'm having fun with that, my family. That screams family day. Exactly. Now, speaking of your family, big Ohio State fans. Uh, are Ohio State fans, this is an honest question. I have no idea. I'm not uh, big on social media or anything like that. I really am asking a genuine question. It's going to sound sarcastic because it's me. I'm a bit of an asshole. Um, Are Ohio State fans, if they don't get the chance to play, which once again, I want them to play, but are Ohio State fans going to pout all year if they don't play? Yeah, probably. Um, Are are, Are they the fans that it's like, if we're not playing, we don't want anybody else to play? 
I don't know if I'd say that. Um, it's kind of like what I said in previous episodes. It's going to suck if Ohio State, um, I mean, obviously right now they're not playing. There's a little bit of maybe like a 5% chance that we, they do come back and play. But um, it would suck not being able to watch Ohio State and seeing other teams play. But being a college football fan, um, I I mean, I don't care who's playing. I want them to I, I just want to see college football, but um, I mean, it would suck not having your team out there. I get it. I really do. And well, I've said this over and over again. As much as I hate Ohio State, uh, and to be honest, as much as I hate the majority of the Big Ten, I w- it's not the same without them. It's not the yeah. same college football season without them. I want to see them. I want to see them play just as much as an Ohio State fan wants to. I just don't want to say it as much as an Ohio State fan wants to. Right, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if I've necessarily seen too much pouting, if that's... But then again, being an Ohio State fan, you know, I'm obviously biased in that regard. But um, I've just seen, obviously, and we'll get to it, um, but a lot of people with this petition, um, you know, there's kind of a second hope that there may be a season now, so... I just see a lot of people kind of just fighting for these players and what the, and what they want right now. But again, we'll get more in depth in, into that a little later in the episode. We definitely will. So we switched it up for the listeners since there's been so much uh, NCAA breaking news. We wanted to take them on last this time because we seem to talk about it forever. This could be a podcast just about NCAA sports. <laughs> no kidding. So we want to talk about the MLB first. Um, on the brink of a potential outbreak, it's possible. I know we only have one positive test for the Reds, uh, this mysterious player. Um, but then we continue to see aftermath of the Cardinals. They had another positive test throughout the week, even after you think everything's good. Um, here's the problem with this. If you really want to eliminate a potential outbreak, you, ha- you can't play for almost two weeks. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, it just puts and you that, back so much. You know, I mean, you got po- yeah, the double headers. Yeah. not play for two weeks. Right. And we're already seeing that. We're seeing that with teams that have had tons of games canceled already. And they're already looking ahead like, holy shit, this is going to be this is gonna be a struggle for it's, them. Yeah, it's going to turn into two weeks of double headers. And then, I mean, that might just burn you out right there. And you're, I mean, because how... I mean, you can't do a whole lot during those off days because you're in quarantine. You know, you're. It's. I know. Um, I think it was the Cardinals. They were doing the one-on-one workouts where just one guy was literally at the field doing a workout at a time. One guy was taking uh, BP, and I can't think of who their manager's name is off the top of my head right now. But I heard that he was the one that was shagging fly balls and batting practice for these guys, um, which is just outrageous. I mean, you know, you don't you don't hear of that ever. But they didn't have anyone else to go shag five balls because they were just doing some one-on-one workouts. And, I mean, that's what it's come to. You do what you can. Yeah. Which is awesome. I mean, baseball's baseball's the league to do that. They're going to get it done. We're going to play. But this could get ugly. I just You don't want to see anything that happened to the Cardinals uh, happen to any team. And I'm kind of on the forefront here just, just being a casual Reds fan. Um. I don't know. I think the only seriously, the only way you can control it is you take damn near two weeks off. Yeah, I mean, because you just don't know when these positive tests are going to come along. We've seen it with the Cardinals; they just keep coming. 
after a couple days, you just don't know what's going to happen. It's just so uh, unprecedented and unpredictable. Right. And it's almost, um, I know the Marlins came out hot. Um, you know, they're still playing good, but um, you get that 10-day break, 14-day break, and it almost, you know, kind of sets you down for the season because you're that far behind and you're, you have that that many games to make up in that little amount of time now, especially here when we start, um, we're at the 20-game mark for some teams. Um, some teams are over that. Some teams are right around the 20-game mark. Um, so, I mean, that's a third of the season's already gone, and you don't want to be having to play doubleheaders the final two weeks of the season. You know, you you just want to play those games that you have to and get ready for the playoffs. It kind of sucks for, and this is be, us being, or I guess me being selfish, it kind of sucks from the journalist standpoint. You look at the standings, and you really can't get a good look. Yeah, no, that's what I... Need, like, yeah, for certain divisions that have been hit really hard, and most of the times, uh, just due to the nature of the schedule, it's a division that gets hit hard. Yeah. Uh, so you just don't know where it sits. Right. I was going to say, I'm looking right now, and the... In the and the Marlins still have only played 15 games, while the next closest team or the next team in, in second place in that division is the Braves, and they're at 23 games. So I mean, it's yeah, that's, that's a huge like aftermath. That's a weak a difference. Pandemic. Yeah, and you know it's tough to get a gauge on that right now. Yeah, I'm not sure how. I guess we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. I mean, I know that they can all finish at a different point, but it just doesn't seem fair. I know it is, but it just doesn't seem fair. Yeah, I mean, and again, you don't want to be playing those games uh, two weeks of doubleheaders there, the final week of the season, the, the final two weeks Especially of the season, because you're trying to get prepared for a playoff push, but, you, exactly. but, but you're just wearing guys out while having to play. Because you don't want to, in a typical doubleheader, you kind of see, you know, a minor league guy might come up and pitch. Um, a couple guys that don't aren't necessarily starters maybe get a DH spot or – spot on the infield something like that but I mean at that point some of these teams aren't going to be able to afford that um, trying to fight it to get into the playoffs and like that I mean these these outbreaks that we've already dealt with are are, are already going to have an impact on the playoffs of this year yeah yeah for sure We're not even close I mean yeah. I guess we are a little close but yeah it's crazy to think about right. but but uh, I want to talk about Plezak and Clevenger. So we have more <laughs> news coming out. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about this? You obviously have the uh, insider information. Yeah, so um, the Indians were in Detroit this this past weekend. Um, I want to say on Friday. They, they actually went with the team. They met the team in Detroit. They had a team meeting with both of them, and it was kind of just to let everything out. Let them talk a little bit. Let the team talk to them a little bit. Um, you know, just a team meeting. Then they were actually re- reinstated to the team, but then they were sent to the AAA. Um, I put that in air quotes just because there's not technically a AAA this year, but that's where they are basically. This is a tough look. Yeah. This and is you a know, tough look. And they don't think that they really did, at least Plesak doesn't really think he did too much wrong. Um, and that's can, even bigger of a problem. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're him, you just come out and whether you think you're wrong or, or not, just say it's your fault. You know, you've exactly. already you've already fucked up enough. Don't don't keep don't keep digging yourself in a bigger hole. Exactly. Um, he kind of said, like this. I think the thing he said was that the the 
the media was being evil um, and they made him look like the bad guy. Um, There's something along those lines. And I mean, just come on, just just accept it. Just put a, a foot in your mouth and, and move on. He's going to create a problem for himself that gets him kicked out of Cleveland for a yeah. bad clubhouse. Yeah. You bury. It's time to throw out the white flag and stuff. Um, you know, I, I'm sorry. I started apologizing to the boys, and hopefully, you could earn a little bit of respect along the way. Right. Yeah. And you know, and I, he could have, but I haven't seen anything um, on Clevenger's end. I don't think he said anything. So what I'm taking on that is, you know, he's kind of done that. And he's ready to kind of move forward and just get this behind him as much as they can and as quickly as possible, which is, like we just said, that's what you want. That's what you want as an individual and as a team and as a fan, really. Well, part of this, I think, with Clevenger and Pleasak's two different reactions is um, the nature uh, of who they've been around as players, um, they at least their careers. They're just that. They're definitely... Um, at different points in their careers as far as talent-wise, but more importantly, as far as understanding a major league clubhouse. Yeah, and I mean, they're both young, and and the Indians have, the past three to five years, they've been a young team to begin with, you know? I mean, they've had some some veterans in that locker room that are good leaders, great some great leaders, but they haven't really had that one constant guy in that locker room that was a a big-time vet. Um, at least, you know, I mean, they ha- they've had like a Lindor, a guy like that, but they haven't had an older guy that's kind of been around the league a while. Um, so, I mean, that, that could be something that kind of plays an effect here. Um, I know when they had their team meeting, I think uh, Roberto Perez was one of the guys that was kind of like, like being a leader and leading that, and he's only – he's truly only played – one full season up in the big leagues. Um, he was up and down when Jan Gomes was part of the team. That was the World Series run. Um, he's only played a year, year and a half in the big leagues, really. And, you know, so that kind of just goes to show how old this team truly is. Well, yeah, it's a young, it's a young team, and this is when you're going to see, in times like these, this is when you're going to see leaders actually emerge from the pack. Yeah. Uh, you're going to see guys step up when they need to because when the clubhouse is a mess like this, and the clubhouse is definitely a mess like yeah. a situation like this, uh, it's messy enough as it is, but then you have a young pitcher uh, claiming he hasn't done anything wrong. Clearly the organization is upset with you. Right. And, you know, it's surprising too because of his uncle being Dan Plesak, um, a, a very respected guy on MLB Network. Um, so it's kind of crazy to to think that you know like he hasn't. I mean, he's. I'm sure he's reached out to him, but it hasn't clicked what he said. I'm sure um, from what we're seeing. Yeah, uh, Dan Plezak was in the in the bigs for almost 20 years. You think? That, yeah. Um, the kid to have a little uh, little understanding of what's going on. And I know they have especially a, in a situation like this. Yeah, and I know that they have a great. Uh, they, I mean, they talk all the time. He. He talks about it on air, and uh, Zach talks about it in interviews, how great their relationship is and how much he's helped him along the way. So so it's very surprising to see that hasn't clicked yet. Yeah, and we'll see see what comes out of all of this. I think this could be a major problem for for Plezak's career in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely Uh, not a good look. Clevenger, 
it seems like he's handling it the right way, but at first he handled it probably worse than Plezak did. Yeah, yeah. And if you're hiding what's that's, going on, yeah. that's a major problem. Yeah, that's very true. But this doesn't seem to hurt the Indians when they're playing the Tigers. Uh, yeah. Indians beat the Tigers no for the kidding. 20th straight time. I mean, we know as as us, as uh, sports guys, as our listeners, as sports fans, it's tough to beat teams consistently because you know what they have, you know, and it's just tough. You, you have a bad day. They have a good day. Whatever the case may be, in 20 times, that's, that's, a, that's a lot. Forget, forget just sports in general, how complicated it is to be consistent. Think about baseball. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, on any given day, just one thing could go wrong that could change the direction of a game. This just proves that the Indians are a really solid team mm-hmm. uh, because you find a way to win. You beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. Right. The Tigers are one of those teams. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's kind of too going along with that. Um, like how I just mentioned, they're a, a pretty young team. So for a young team to kind of stay that consistent and play that well, even if it is just one team and take care of that business against them. That, I mean, it's it's great to see as a fan of them, and it's also just something that's cool to see as a baseball fan in general. Um, I mean, that's just, you got to think. I mean, even just, uh, just one pitch being an inch not in the right location could be the difference of one game, whether they hit a three-run homer and that puts them up two or just something like that. It's... It's. It, I mean, it's crazy to see that. It is. It's like it's honestly, it's remarkable. Yeah. I'd be curious to know what the stat is uh, long term on how many times has something like this happened. Yeah. I. I mean, I haven't there's seen no anything. Way. I'm sure there. Yeah. There's. There's got to be some that are. I would say in the teens, but I don't know about twenties. That's a lot. I mean, you got to think they play three game series, occasional four. So I mean, that's about. Probably six series, I'd say. They won straight, um, which is just, I mean, it's remarkable. Yeah, and, and it's remarkable unless you're a Detroit fan. And I've been yeah. to, a, to a game um, in that ballpark and, uh, during the dog days, and, uh, <laughs> which has been the last couple of years, unfortunately, for the Tigers. It's a sad, sad place to be. Yeah. Um, if you're on Detroit's end, you're getting beat 20 straight times. Is it 20 straight? 20 straight times, this is one of those situations where you got to fucking mix things up. If you're in the Tigers' end, reverse your lineup. Let them pick their their position and their uh, place in the batting order. Yeah. Have fucking hat. I mean... Like let them fucking roll the ball out there and let the pitchers take the field. I mean, imagine just how tough it is showing up to the ballpark and, and knowing that you're playing a team that has beat you 20 straight times or at, at the time 18 19 like it's just gotta be like i mean when does it end you know it's, it's gotta be a terrible feeling that's when you just gotta mix it i'm serious as a, as a manager maybe the gm has to step down and be like listen this is fucking embarrassing <laughs> um let's switch something up god damn let's bring in our closer and let him start or something yeah, because like, the closer hasn't seen his dude in twenty games. <laughs> it's the one person that this team hasn't faced. Okay, I just found the stat: Baltimore, 
holds the mark with 23 consecutive wins over Kansas City from 1969 to 70. So we got a chance here at the record because the Indians host Detroit in a three-game series next weekend. That'll be a fun series. As just a baseball fan in general, that's that'll be fun. That's fucking thrilling. That yeah, I'm gonna tune in for that one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just looking at the scores of these games, um, wow. Cleveland isn't just beating them. I mean, they're putting yeah. a licking on them. I mean, just today, I think the Indians had five home runs. Uh, which, I mean, as we all know, that's that's a lot of home runs for one game. Well, hold on. I want to talk about this. This is not on our on our headline list at all. Did you see today? I don't even know who it was. Who hit four back-to-back-to-back-to-back? Oh, it was the White Sox. Yeah. This poor schmuck on the mound. It was the same pitcher. All four home runs. <laughs> That's tough. Wasn't it? I think so. I was trying to get a good look at the number, and they were just showing the pitches. Yeah, I couldn't see. Yeah. It looked like the same delivery each time. Jesus. I mean, what? when do you get him out? You let him see if he can go for the record? The poor guy. <laughs> I mean, just imagine what it's got to be like watching people run around twice back-to-back and then double that. I mean... <laughs> Tough. It's got to be tough for him. He is not going to be able to show his, his face in the clubhouse ever again. <laughs> I mean, what do you tell your teammates? Ever, he's forever president of the Boom Boom Club. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a long time running president of the Boom Boom Club. And we had a roommate. <laughs> and you had a roommate who was president of the Boom Boom Club um, every year that he was a pitcher. And it's a tough look. It is. It, I mean, it, it's, it's tough, tough to say something. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And they give up, uh, you know, they're bound to give up a home run each outing. Yeah, and it's tough to say something to them just because in the back of their mind, they also know that. So it's just like, you know, like, I can say this to you, but we know it's going to happen. <laughs> you know what I'm so excited for? I just realized this. We have roomed, you and I have been roommates with quite a few pitchers over the years. So I'm excited if they listen to this. Yeah. They're going to be all pointing fingers. They're not going to know who we're talking exactly. about. Exactly, yep. Oh, yeah. that's exciting. Oh, yeah. That's exciting. I can't wait to get texts tomorrow. Like, who are you fucking talking about me? Oh, yeah. I'm just going to tell We'll definitely have some texts. Yes. Yeah, just tell everyone yes. Yep. I'm going to tell everybody yes. It's you that's president of the Just well, make sure that you guys don't listen to this the last 10 seconds, and then we'll tell you yes. Exactly. Okay. Moving forward, that was all we had for the MLB. There wasn't like those were. I think those are solid headlines. Yeah. No. Yeah. Those are. Those are. Those are shit out. The best. To... We'll go and we'll probably give an update. I'd say on Thursday, kind of a a look at the standings and stuff. Um, I don't think too much has really changed. At least stuff that's too shocking. So uh, maybe we'll give a look on Thursday about that. But um, there wasn't much over the weekend. Besides, I don't think. Although. Yeah, I know that. I do want to talk about Fernando Tatis. Um, he's tied oh, shit. in the league right now for home runs, and he is 21 years old. Um, Nothing makes me feel more like a piece of shit, but damn, out, st- out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, you've heard about, how, I mean, he's going to be a good player and all, but I don't think the power was really something that was too much, too talked about. Um, I could be wrong, but um, his home runs right now aren't just little some wall scrapers these things are in the upper decks and i mean they're 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 no doubters right now and it's i mean it's fun to watch something like that a young player who's just hitting bombs and he's having fun doing it 
Exactly. Clear, legit potential. Like, even if the power was something that's talked about, this is unreal. Yeah. This would be unreal for a vet. Yeah, yeah. To have, like, this shocking amount of power kind of um, out of nowhere, just, uh, you know, 21 years old. Right, yeah. And I mean, God, that makes me feel like shit. That's something, too. I mean, just to think about where I was at 21 playing college baseball and, you know, struggling hitting off those pitchers and to think that he's 21 hitting home run, leading the league in home runs against Clayton Kershaw's and, you know, those kind of, like, just with ease. I mean, don't hold anything against D3 baseball. I mean, yeah. Kershaw's. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but I have a bone to pick with these standings. It's a brief bone to pick. Uh, there hasn't been much change in the standings. You're absolutely right. But because the Reds' bullpen is so <laughs> fucking garbage and the managerial decisions that are behind the bullpen making substitutions mid-game, when they impact us long term, when it comes down to the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, and these guys come up again in the order, and they're <laughs> trash hitters, because you wanted him to run fast to second base, he, he's not even going there. Nobody's going to second base because we can't get a fucking hit. And these standings have changed so much in the NL Central. The Reds have dropped off the table because one, they're not playing, but two, we keep finding ways to lose games. It's like. David Bell, I'm calling you out. David Bell, I called him out for a firing last night. David Bell's sitting in the fucking dugout looking for a way to lose the game. <laughs> it's like, oh, if I, if I pull Votto out in the fucking fourth inning, hopefully when he comes up again in the ninth with runners in scoring position, it'll be some schmuck who hasn't picked up a bat yet this year. Let's see what that kid can do. That's all I want to say about the Reds before um, my blood pressure spikes. <laughs> That's something... That I will miss uh, with them not playing because of these these COVID issues. Um, the weekly or every other day text from you complaining about the Reds bullpen, and then turning on the Reds you game and just it? seeing them, and then just seeing them implode right in front of your eyes. You saw it. You saw it. I you turned it on the other night. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, to see somebody give up seven runs and nobody's getting loose. <laughs> now you don't want to turn to the bullpen. Right. You turn to the bullpen, uh, kid can be throwing a no-hitter with one out to go in the ninth, and you're going to go to the bullpen, but you won't go to the bullpen after some kid gives up seven runs and clearly wants out? <laughs> you shit me? That's basic baseball shit. I mean, he, he even tried to say the excuse of he was injured or he wasn't something was wrong, and he called the, the staff out to, the, to him on the mound. And they just they said that nothing was wrong, and they I mean then they still didn't get anybody help. I don't know, like where is the thinking? Where is that thinking at all? <laughs> like during a sixty game sprint, you don't have time to throw away a game and say that's the way the fucking cookie crumbles. I guess right. we're gonna give up thirty runs today. Uh, they were on pace to give up fifty two runs uh, <laughs> in the game. I guess we're just gonna give up fifty. That sucks. On to tomorrow. We're not in that position at all. Right. No manager should ever fucking do that. But we just throw in the town. It's like, oh, I guess we're going to just go up a, a 10 spot. That's ridiculous. <laughs> okay, that's all we have for the MLB. <laughs> Jumping into the NBA. Playoffs begin today, Monday, August 17th at 1.30. Games are all day. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Uh, leading off 
Utah, Denver, Brooklyn, Toronto, Philly, and Boston, then Dallas and Clippers. And then it continues into Tuesday, obviously. Playoff bracket is set. Grant, what do you got for us? Yeah, so, I mean, it's exciting time. we got playoffs. I, I, I like how they're doing, starting at 1.30, kind of – We've talked about it with just the bubble in general, kind of like a March Madness feel, but um, it will be fun to be watching some some games that that actually mean something um, that are early in, in the day. Um, obviously, over, over the weekend we had our playing game was the big one. Um, very fun, exciting end to the season. We talked about it last week with um, a lot of teams playing for that playing game, but we actually ended up not having any changes. In the Western Conference, we talked last week how the East was already wrapped up, but West is no changes, and Portland, a very exciting game for the playing game. Um, the Grizzlies gave Portland everything, a very back-and-forth game, and uh, Portland ended up, had two clutch shots right at the end. Imagine that, Portland having some clutch shots. But um, so, so they will be the ones in the eighth seed for the, the playoffs facing the Lakers, and I actually think that, I've, I've said before, I think the Lakers are going to sweep that first round. I think it might be a little more, just just a little more intriguing um, with, with the Trailblazers in there. I mean, they're playing great right now. Um, I'm not sure how well the, the Lakers will be able to guard uh, Dame. Um, so, so we'll see how that, I still think that, that the Lakers will be advancing in that, but um other than that, we got some intriguing matchups that start tomorrow. Um, we got the one with, with, with Philly and Boston, I think, will be the big one to watch tomorrow. Um, then as well as Dallas and the Clippers. Um, I just say that just because of Luka um, going against the Clippers. I think the Clippers, I think it's kind of like the like a Portland and, and the Lakers situation where there's, there's about a guy or two on Dallas to watch, a guy or two on um, – the Trailblazers to watch going up against a really good team, a big three. Um, so I think it, both the LAs w- will move on, but I think that they, they will also be in some fun matchups. Um, and then we talked about the East a lot on last week, um, so we won't touch on that too much. But like I said, we got Philly and Boston starting to today, um, so that would be a fun matchup. They don't they don't really get along at all, so it'd be fun to. Ho- hopefully, we get some hard playoff basketball in in, in that uh, matchup right there. This is when all the mediocre basketball fans start to tune in. Maybe not round one immediately, but this is when. Yeah. Um, guys like me, guys like me, start to tune in. Um, kind of like half-ass follow the NBA throughout the year, just kind of peek in every now and again, especially if some Bearcats are playing. Right. Yeah. Um, but this is when you start to tune in. So can I get any sweep calls for round one? Sweep calls. Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say the Denver and Utah. Um, I just think that I think that Utah is a little overrated. Uh, I don't know if they truly – they're a good team, but I don't know if they truly earned that sixth spot. Um and I think that, that Denver's a really good um, team. They're young. Um, and I think – and that's the only one that I'm going to say for a sweep. Um, and I'm not even sure if that's going to be a sweep. I just think that's probably the best potential for one. I would say both the L.A.s, but like I just said, it, 
I think that Dame and then for the for Dallas, I think that that Luca will at least get them one game. Um, so I I'll put that down as my sweep, but I still think that that could potentially be a good series just because two younger teams. But I think that the Nuggets have a lot more potential than the Jazz. Who's going to be your most surprising team in this in this round one? Who's going to show up and show out round one in the playoffs? Um, for that, our most surprising, I'm going I'm going to say the Thunder in the West. Um, just because I think that they're a a decent team. Um, again, I think that the Rockets will take care of them eventually, but I do think it's a little intriguing. Um, to watch the Thunder, and then in the East, I'm going to say the Heat. Um, I, they're a middle-of-the-pack team at the five seed, but um, I think that they're also a very fun team to watch with Jimmy Butler. I mean, we all know his sh- all the shit that he does, but um, they got some good guys around him, some young guys that um, they like to shoot a lot, play good defense. Um, and they're chippy. They kind of play w- with a chip on their shoulder, a little cockiness. Um, so, they're, I mean, I think that they're always a fun team to watch, but I think they're going to be a little more surprising and give a, a lot better of a fight to Indiana. And actually, I think that they'll upset the Pacers in that round. All right, so we got some big, actually. Um, I squeezed some takes out of you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got some bold takes out of you, so I'm excited about that. We'll continue to follow the playoffs. I'm looking forward to it. I think this will be really exciting. I think the bubble and the playoffs is really exciting, and there's games on all day. We've seen a workout with the NHL so far. It's just really, really cool. It's a cool setup, and once again, Adam Silver, you're the fucking man. Oh, yeah, yep. Got to give our our weekly uh, shout-out to him. He's the fucking best. Yeah, happy Monday. <laughs> Adam Silver, you're the fucking man. You did it. You got to the playoffs. Had a boy, and they're still rolling. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll continue to follow the NBA playoffs. It should be a really fun week. Uh, round one starts yep. today. Monday, 1.30. Games all day. Now, let's go into the NFL. Complete opposite of the NBA. There's nothing going on in the NFL. <laughs> uh, but a uh, remarkable story, obviously, if you're an NFL fan, if you're just a sports fan in general, or just to be honest, this is a story about just um, a, a human being. Yeah, just a life story. Alex Smith returns uh, this week. I believe he's. I, I think it's going to be obviously uh, slowly progressing yeah. in, but uh, he's clear to um, for football activities. Yeah, yeah. Which they pull they pull him off of that um, weird injured reserved list that the NFL has. And right. This return is just a really cool story. If you've been following it, if you haven't, either way. Um, this is awesome. This is great news. Yeah, it's, it was great to see his family do the little champagne thing when he got the news that he was off of or he was cleared to play. Um, and then it was also great to see some videos of him on the practice field throwing and actually, I mean, doing – obviously he wasn't in contact drills, stuff like that, but he was doing some reps. Um, so it was, it was great to see that. This is a really – I mean, if you know this story, him being cleared for – football activities, regardless if, if we'll see him um, starting again or anything like that. Um, 17 surgeries. Yeah, that's, that's unreal. Complications. 
complication after complication with with this comeback, and it's even incredible that he set his heart on a comeback. Yeah, um, I mean, if, it, this could have cost him his life. I yeah. believe he was 24 hours from losing his life due to this. Yeah, and it, I mean, if you're him, it's tough to want to go back to football. You know, it's just that just that fear, and everyone has it once you have an injury. Um, some surgery or something, just that fear of you kind of baby that that arm, that leg. Um, so it's pretty great to, to even to think that he wanted to come back to football. The heart yeah, uh, on this man, the heart on this man to, to want to come back, to want to step foot on that field. Uh, uh, spiral and compound fracture to his tibia and fibula, the right leg. And all due to what you're doing, um, your career choice and yeah. you're back. Yeah. Let's do it. Right. That's, uh, that's awesome. He's jumping into a relatively tough situation in Washington. Um, but Ron Rivera already has said he's going to have the chance to win his job back from, from Dwayne Haskins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which is really cool. I just think this is, this is an awesome story. It's just one of those stories uh, for sports in general. Right. Um, just this heartfelt. It's a feel good story. Exactly. It's one of these stories that you just can't help but smile. Whether right. you're whether you're Washington fan or you're football fan, um, sports fan. Period. This is a cool story. Right. This is really happy for the NFL, and this is a headline in the NFL that you're actually you. I actually want to follow. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and this is one you check in on. This is the time for the NFL when there's no headlines. They don't have anything to really talk about. So then they start all writing articles about like, well, this team doesn't have any chemistry or shit like that. <laughs> yeah, just some, so I, just some bullshit headlines and some articles ju- just to get some clicks. Exactly, a bunch of bullshit. Can you hear my dog in the background? He's having a, he's having a puppy dream. He's barking in his sleep. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, he just doesn't bark, and it's, it's weird to hear him barking in his sleep. But this is the time uh, for the NFL to make a bunch of bullshit. And that's what we have for you in the NFL. Alex Smith, keep fucking trucking, buddy. Hell yeah. I think it's awesome. Hell yeah. The NHL, yes. Uh, if you're listening, you've been <laughs> following along with all of our episodes. We are going to talk about the NHL. but not You heard that, right? We're trying. Uh, I think in the future... Especially with the playoffs, and it's kind of fun. Like, if you're watching playoff hockey, that's always fun. Even yeah. if you're not a hockey fan. Like, I know you and I are huge hockey fans, but we step in every now and again yeah. to the playoffs and watch a game. Yeah, I told you that I've watched all the Blue, all of the Blue Jackets games um, in, in the playoffs just because I'm not afraid to admit it. I will only watch hockey during the playoffs. I'm, I'm a playoff ho- hockey fan. That's it. And it's not that I'm anti-hockey. No, I think yeah. It's awesome. I yeah. just don't know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. I I can't I, I sit there and... Uh, I know the rules, right. kind of, but at the same time, I don't know it well enough to know, oh, they're going to score, they're going to score, they're going to score. Or, right. oh, no, they're in trouble or something like that. It's just not... I mean, it, it's interesting. I want to watch it. I want to be a hockey fan. Maybe that's my goal. Yeah, yeah. The playoffs. I want to be a fan. Yeah. Uh, their playoff schedule has been huge for like hardcore NHL fans. They're playing all day. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. They start about one to two o'clock usually, three o'clock, and I mean it's on all day. So it's there's always a game on. Yeah, that's really cool. Like 
this this is gonna be something I'm gonna tune into. I'm gonna start learning about hockey. That's what that's my goal. Let's do it. Listeners. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a big time hockey fan by the time this is over. Let's do it. Okay, games are live uh, right now. So these series finals, uh, while we're recording, uh, could be changed by yeah. the time you're hearing them. Yeah. Some games are live. Some games won't be played till uh, Tuesday. It just depends. Some games are played till Monday. Um, so in the East, Flyers, Canadians are tied at one. Tampa Bay leads Columbus two to one. The Islanders are in line for a sweep against the Capitals, three and zero. And Boston leads Carolina two to one. In the West, Vegas three and zero against Chicago. Avalanche atop the Coyotes, two to one. Dallas and Calgary tied at two. And the Canucks lead the Blues two nothing. Uh, could you tell us? Could you think the listeners can tell I was reading that? No, no. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. <laughs> Definitely can tell I'm reading it. But nonetheless, for the casual NHL fan um, that probably isn't listening to this podcast, at least you got you know you got your you're updated on your series. At least you're informed a little now. bit. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You can you can go into work. And the boys are talking about, oh, can you believe this happened in the game? You're like, oh, yeah, well, Boston leads Carolina 2-1. to one. And that might be wrong right now because the game might be live. I'm not sure. Yeah, probably but is. You can go in and, yeah, it'll be wrong. So don't don't use that one. Use <laughs> one that's not playing. I don't think Columbus plays yeah, tonight, yeah. do they? Yeah, so use, use that, that one. one. Uh, Tampa Bay leads Columbus 2-1. to one. Use that line. And then make sure that you give us credit and tell them to listen. Yeah, and t- tell them to listen in if they want to know. What's going on with Tampa Bay and Columbus? If they want to be as smart as you. We'll give them an individual headline. Maybe the weird guy likes cricket. I'll give him a cricket update. Is cricket playing right now? I'll give him a cricket update. It's got to be. Yeah, cricket plays all the time, I think. Yeah. They didn't know know what COVID was, so they're they're still going. Yeah, they don't have a protocol, just like the NFL. (laughs) So, in golf, Jim Herman picks up his first career win at the Wyndham. Wyndham Championship? Windham? <laughs> Wyndham. Windham. <laughs> Wind. Wind. What are you doing, Ham? Championship. Born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio. That's the only reason I want to talk about this, of course. The nasty uh, Natty. Went to St. X. Former Bearcat. Cats by Natty. Buckeye State, baby. UC in the Buckeye. Like, highlighted, you know? Like, yeah, I've seen those shirts become more UC, popular. More uh, time. Hell yeah. Uh, go Bearcats. Just wanted to touch on that. Scored a 61 um, in the second round, I believe. Pretty remarkable. Uh, an older guy just hunting down. Got his tour card, hunting down. His first career win. Gets it um, remarkable fashion if you're putting up a 61 on the board. Especially when he wasn't projected that high for any of these tournaments. Just cool. Go Bearcats, baby. Cats by 90. Absolutely. Or uh, in this case, Cats by uh, <laughs> minus 21. <laughs> Um, in NASCAR, Chase Elliott wins Sunday at the Daytona Road Course. Whenever they do a road course in NASCAR, uh, this is one of the few times that I'm glued to the screen of NASCAR. Don't get me wrong, I like watching NASCAR on occasions. But if, if a road course is coming up, I'm glued to the screen because I love watching them make like more turns than they normally do. Yeah. I don't and like it at Daytona, see. though. I think what that. I just think that Daytona is like. I don't know. It's just so like, like special and like it's meant for That's just true. the one race. So I think it's a little weird like doing it there. But I do know what you're saying. Just seeing all the turns and kind of seeing 
it's a whole different game when it comes to a road course. But um, I don't know. I I don't like seeing it at Daytona. Well, that's what I was going to say. It is a completely different game because drivers, um, they there's like a certain number of drivers with the road courses that are so much better. Some of the drivers mm-hmm. don't even uh, want to race yeah. uh, when there's a road course. It's just not their game. And then there's other drivers like Chase Elliott, I believe, is one of them who just continues to dominate on road courses. There's like a handful of guys that are just unreal on road courses. Yeah, just, they're, I mean, they're better at it. it's fun to watch. The road courses are fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's all we have for NASCAR. <laughs> Unless you have something that you want to say no. about Chase Elliott. No, I mean, I, I don't got nothing about him. Did you watch this at all? I didn't. I didn't. Tune in a little bit maybe that you can at least pretend like... Um, no, and I usually do, but we were having. I was too busy on Snapchat posting my beer. All right. Um, <laughs> so Chase Elliott, um, born November twenty eighth, nineteen ninety five, in Dawson, Georgia. He is the son of awesome, awesome Bill from Dawsonville. <laughs> there you go. There's your fast fact about Chase Elliott. <laughs> I just wanted to give you a little fast fact about Chase Elliott since we didn't have his favorite pre race meal: chicken parmesan. He likes the carbo load before the big race. That's an interesting meal for Big a race. Guy. Um, his favorite movie, Wedding Crashers. Dude, the beauty apparently. The hell yeah. Uh, his first dog is named Rowdy. Chase Elliott, just a cool guy. He looks like a cool guy. He does. And he flips people off during right. races. Yeah, which is a tough fucking move. <laughs> okay. NCAA. Um, players, all right, I mentioned this in our intro, players are opting out. Still opting out. Uh, not a ton of them, but they seem to come in groups, like on some teams. Like some teams have a lot, have a yeah. solid group of guys opting out, and then like other conferences don't even have people opting out. Yeah, so, and I mean, we're, and we saw a little bit of an outbreak. I think it was at, at Oklahoma today. I know a couple of those guys opted out then. Um, so it's just kind of just team by team right now, right. almost. Exactly. It's like once this hits somebody or they realize uh, that they could potentially be dealing with an outbreak, then they start to opt out. But on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, Justin Fields starts a petition, starts a petition to play. Yeah. And um, I know last I saw, and this was probably probably a couple hours ago now, it had like 167 signatures. Um, and 167 just total? Thousand, right? thousand. And, uh, Holy shit, you're kidding me. That, no, I'm dead serious. Because what's happened is every Big Ten school has taken his his uh, petition, tweeted it out. So they're getting all their fans. Um, I know that, that Oklahoma um, account tweeted it out. Um, so a bunch of these schools around the country, not only in Big Ten country, uh, they're tweeting it out for the, for, this, for, for the Big Ten conference. So, I mean, they're getting... Everyone covered, um, and it's obviously and there's finally a player to step up. Yeah, and I mean, and you, you have to applaud Justin Fields for doing this. Um, whether you're a fan of his, a fan of Ohio State, um, it's big time for a player to step up and do this. And at least, because what what he's truly asking for is not to necessarily play right away, but he wants answers. Um, and I think that he he deserves that. I think that the whole Big Ten deserves that, and Really, that I think the country, the, I know the parents are saying that they deserve answers. So um, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Um, but I think it's 
personally, I think it's a great thing to see. It is really cool. Like once again, we've been over this over and over again. These players are, are finally starting to realize that mm-hmm. they have a major voice in the NCAA, something that they felt like they've been held down for years. They do have a voice and they do have control um, over their own careers. I hope they yeah. realize that. It seems like they're starting to, which yeah. is awesome to see. Plus, I mean, for, for the Big Ten in general, if there's going to be a player that kind of gets the attention or actually gets answers from the commissioner, I think it is Justin Fields. Um, kind of being his pedigree, um, Heisman hopeful if there was a season for them. But um, I think so. It's great to see kind of him accept that that role and that leadership and step up. Word of the day, pedigree. Yeah, that was a big word for me. Word of the word of the day, pedigree. Without talking about dog food yeah I'm I'm proud of myself no that was tight ass word so this is really cool like um to see Justin Fields step up and then even like on the opposite end even if it's against playing football players opting out like taking a stand for their own individual health or whatever reason they're opting out that's cool too yeah I mean if that's what they want to do um step up yeah what's your opinion I mean I don't want to play and that was also kind of in the petition. It said, let the players be the ones that make the choice. If there's not enough players to play for Ohio State, to play for Penn State, then they don't play. And if that happens all across the Big Ten, then the Big Ten doesn't play in general. You know, So I think that's, I mean, let the players choose and, and let their voice be heard whether they have a season or not. Well, it's all an interesting take. It's a really interesting take, and... I think the biggest point that you alluded to is they want answers. Uh, and the one thing the Big Ten has provided is an answer with playing, but they haven't provided any answers, uh, at least from what I understand, to why they aren't have decided against playing and everybody else is playing. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they just came out and said, and I mean, I've seen some reports, and we're not going to get too deep into this part of it, but you've seen some reports that the data that they were using was completely wrong data now. Um some stuff like that. So I think, especially with these players seeing that, like like all, like all those reports, you got to give them answers as to why. If I mean, if they're seeing, you got to think these are eighteen to nineteen to to twenty three year olds um, that are seeing this stuff, and I mean they're I mean they're pissed off, and I and I don't blame them. Um, if, I mean if if they feel safe to, safe enough to play, let them play, but. Just, just give them answers. I think that they deserve that with how much they bring into the schools and conference in general. They deserve that. They absolutely do. And finally, the NCAA medical advisors step up, but it's not great news in terms of football. Yeah. They're concerned. I mean, the NCAA medical advisors seem to indicate that this is not safe. But conference medical advisors, I know with the ACC at least, said, we can do this. We could play. Right. So I don't know. I don't know what the. I don't know what they're not seeing eye to eye with. Maybe it's revenue, but that doesn't make much sense to me. I don't know. I'm. I would it's, like to know the decision process and why can't these players know? Yeah, I think that the players should be involved. I know that we've talked about um, sometime last week, whether it was Monday or Thursday, but um, we talked about when the Big Ten just using them as the example. When they made their decision, there wasn't any players involved in that process, and I think that the players should be involved. You know, p- pick a guy from each school, pick pick a handful of guys, just make a just make a 
a players committee for that conference. Um, that's something I think that should be done going forward for issues that hopefully don't involve COVID, but just issues in general going forward for, for years to come. It should be, and that's, that's exactly what the Pac-12 and the Big Ten's list of demands indicated. Um, we deserve to have a voice yeah. in these decisions. COVID or not, we want the power um, to be able to dictate the decisions that you're making about our futures. Right, yeah. I mean, and it's, I'm it, with that. I'm yeah, down with that all. 100%. I mean, I think that the a sports fan that understands the NCAA should be for that. Um, you know, they're. I mean, everyone has their opinion on the NCAA. Again, not going to get into that too much, but you should definitely be on the player side. I think you know, with what they have to go through at, at some point throughout their careers with with the NCAA, they deserve it. That's the big they thing. Do. And- we see, we've seen conferences that are postponing um, throughout the last week. There's a lot of conferences that have now stepped up. Um, FCS, FBS that are saying we're, we're postponing now. I'm not sure what that decision process is. Uh, and then on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, there's immediately when conferences postpone, another conference comes forward and says we are absolutely playing. It's like this warfare. I mean, are, yeah. are they going against each other? Like, yeah, it's like... Be, it's like they're trying to be who, who can be the most favorite. Like, who, who can get the most likes is what it's like. Well, and part of it, I think, is like with like a Power Five conference, when the Big Ten and Pac-12 are gone, there's a lot of TV money on the line. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of potential revenue, and I think that's the reason the ACC or somebody like the SEC uh, is like, we're absolutely playing we're going to make it happen because there's a lot of money here. I hope that's not the case, but you know what it is. There's a lot oh, yeah. behind all oh, of yeah. this, unfortunately. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, you think about it with uh, Fox. Fox has a lot of Big Ten games, especially with that new um, – they did. They started it last year, the Fox Big Noon kickoff. It was a, oh, I think it was Ohio State like nine times last year. Um, yeah, which is a really creative idea by yeah, Fox. Yeah, and it, sure. it, it brought people that weren't Ohio State fans – into that noon that noon game one because there was a high a high level team, and they made the games like Penn State where where it is normally a night game at Ohio State or, and they forced that into the noon time slot and it's because of money, and you know it brought people in to watch and now with obviously the Big Ten Ohio State not playing, that opens up that that big that big market right there. Exactly. Who is Urban Meyer going to talk to for nine hours <laughs> on a Saturday? I mean, his wife is going to went straight out. She's going on vacation. <laughs> he can he can talk to himself in the mirror. I'm sure he does that anyway. He's going to be over with the days all day. No, that's definitely the other way around. <laughs> um, unless he's calling him, telling him, "You want to come over? Like maybe like we can set you up." But. <laughs> Potential bubble options for championships. So the NCAA is starting to explore bubble options for all championships. We're not talking yeah. about football anymore. Um, I mean, it, it is football in, in some regard, but it doesn't look that way. But for all sports during the fall uh, and even into the winter and then the spring, potential bubble options for championships, which is a really cool idea, concept, and it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I saw something just about with March Madness in basketball and in this example, um, I think the Final Four is supposed to be 
in Indy this year, and they were saying how they can bubble kind of the whole entire tournament with because there's a lot of uh, colleges that are close enough to Indy within that hour, um, a 30-minute time frame outside of Indy with Butler, Ball State, stuff like that, where you could hold a lot of these first-round games and stuff like that and be able to do a bubble and then still have the championships in Indy, which is very cool to, to think about. And hopefully that if it if this is still going on and we need that, hopefully that can be done. Well, even like beyond something like that, these these players are going to be missing classes anyway during championships or during March Madness. Like it's not like they're going back to school right um, during their week long stay for a championship. So why not? Why not? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and a lot of the schools, anyways, they um are done after Thanksgiving. You don't go back to class at like the, the final two weeks after Thanksgiving um, of the semester is online. And I think almost, I, I don't know for sure, but I want to say almost every school is doing that, um, at least from what I've seen. I haven't heard of, I'm sure there's a couple out there, but it seems like everyone's just not going back after Thanksgiving, which allows that time. That's basketball right there. You can start up tournaments. Um, so maybe they'll kind of do something like that as well during March Madness. I know obviously Thanksgiving and March are totally different, but um, they could potentially do something like that with like a spring break, um, stuff like that. So what I've seen with basketball, uh, I haven't been a ton of news on this. I haven't seen a ton of articles written about it, but I think it's a really unique idea and it's a cool idea. Obviously, they're going to have to start a little bit later. I mean, we don't yeah. know that for sure. Yeah, right. It looks that way. It appears so. Uh, there was an idea floated out there that during their Christmas breaks, which are typically a month, for three weeks you have a bubble um, for college basketball. And they bring in a ton of teams and they just all play a lot of games and get a lot of the travel out for regular season out of the way. Yeah, and it makes sense because then you go back and you're with – then, that, then you can start, like, your conference play. Exactly. And for most conferences, with the conference play, there's not a ton of travel. Right, yeah. Um, the, the American Athletic Conference would be fucked. But yeah. There's not a ton of conference for – I mean, not a ton of travel for a lot of these conferences. Right. But I don't know what's going on with NCAA football. This, I think – I believe that this week will be big for college football. Yeah. yeah. We're going to see a lot of press conferences. Yeah. Possibly by our episode on Thursday. We might know a lot more than we do right now about where everybody's sitting, or at least the conferences that intend on starting. What's sure, going on we might have the Big Ten back by Thursday, yeah, that, which would be crazy because I, to I think our past like three episodes, it started with the Big Ten schedule coming out, and then the next one was Big Ten wasn't playing, and then there was hope they were playing, and then they canceled the day after on, on that Friday that we released our our episode or. We released on Thursday. They they canceled on like Friday, um, so they're. I mean, we've been going back and forth a little bit with with the Big Ten, but uh, so if they if they start back up, you know, we'll be right back to it. But uh, hopefully they do. Yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear from the rumor mill, from the Ohio State rumor mill. What's going on with the Big Ten or potentially Ohio State playing? So, um, again, I'd also like to hear a source. <laughs> This is all through tweets and people on Twitter, so I don't think it's going to happen. I, I still don't. I'm not going to get excited and get my hopes up until I actually see. I mean, really until there's 
a game being played on on my TV. Um, but uh, supposedly the Big Ten had a a conference meeting and the White House was involved, and they are looking to get the the conference back going. And if you don't want to play, then you don't want to play. But there's still going to be a Big Ten football season. Um, and then they said there's also a possibility that Ohio State would go to the ACC and play, um, which would be pretty cool. Uh, you know, they'd have obviously games with Clemson and Notre Dame, which would be some big games. But um, and then some of the the Big Ten would go to uh, the Big Twelve. So there's a couple different things that are floating around. Um, I know a lot of people kind of were on this this take, so it makes it a, maybe a little more believable. But again, like I said, I'm not. I don't want to get my hopes up just to nothing happen. But um, again, it's something to kind of think about and hope for at least. All those scenarios make sense. But once again, like man, I think anybody can come up with those scenarios or find a way for that to work. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I hope it does. Once again, like, and I hope all your rumors are right. I hope they. I hope they are. Yeah, we're gonna um, get credit for these. I just don't. I I don't want to give you credit because you don't. Your you, your sources are garbage. <laughs> um. Yeah, you're reading tweets from some nine year old uh, in his basement that just <laughs> die hard Ohio State fan, but. That's your source, but those are all li- like possible ideas. That's what it seems. I mean, it seems like it's logical. So that's what I think what a lot of people are kind of getting behind. Like, oh, like well, it makes sense. Put a logical, coherent thought. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I'm just, okay. I'm not getting my hopes up. Yeah. Well, the Bearcats are winning national championship. If Ohio State's in or if they're out. <laughs> all right. Regardless if they're in or they're out. Um, Look out for the Cats um, by 90 in a national championship. All right. Bring back the perfect season, 2009, back-to-back biggest champions, back-to-back BCS Bowl appearances, school record of 12 wins. Um, Pike to Ben's not a big deal. Let's go ahead to segments. We have our reoccurring segment before the blackout where we talk about the questions that happened. Um, whether they were thoughts, questions from your family, your friends, some dude at the bar, doesn't matter. One of those questions that really leave you thinking right before you fade to black. <laughs> Grant, lead us off. Alright, so, so I got two of them. Um, and my first one kind of, so these are both kind of like just those like thinking weird ones. Um, Bring it. But um, it kind of goes along with the one I had last week. But uh, it is, how do bridges and water work? So a bridge that's going over water. I mean, I've how never does... seen a bridge that's not going over water, but... you never seen a bridge going over train tracks? No, I'm not from fucking farm town, Ohio. <laughs> I've, never even, I've never even seen fucking train tracks. I didn't even yeah, know okay. trains All right, all right. You've been to my hometown. You know about trains. I thought that was... From, I thought Polar Express was a fucking myth <laughs> until I went to your hometown. It was like a museum, a shrine to it's Polar Vegas. Express and Thomas the Tank Engine. I've never seen a bridge that's going over train tracks. <laughs> but with how, how does that support system in the water, how's that there? What are you, stupid? What do you mean? 
I'm, I'm lost. You need to explain this more in-depthly to me. Okay, so, you know, a bridge is long going over the water. There's support, like a Thank beam. You. Bridges are long. There's a beam. <laughs> Breaking news. Bridges are long. Hey, uh, you're the one that said explain it. Oh, I'm stupid. Explain it. So. No. Oh, nice. So, there is a beam that goes down into the water, right? Is that that doesn't beam go? That goes down into the water. Yes. Yeah, like I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So how is that there? Is it just floating there? I'm kidding. You would. They connect it to the to the ground. They go all the way to the bottom of the ocean. Who who does that? Bottom of the ocean. I've never seen a bridge over an ocean. Okay, they go all the way to the bottom of the lake. I think they dam the water, don't they? I don't know. Oh, I mean, I don't, I'm not a civil engineer. And this is an interesting... When did this question... You were already blacked out for this question. You probably wrote it down. No, it was just... Uh, it was actually... I forget what day it was, but we went and uh, we drove over a bridge and I thought about it. Like, how? I, maybe I'm struggling to understand the question. It's just not... It's not a question. That I mean, I've does it go all the way? Does it go all the way to the ground, or is it is it just floating there? What is it, how? My guess is, I don't know. My guess is that they dig a hole in the surface. They dam the water, dig a hole in the surface, and then lay some kind of concrete or some kind of like rig in there, like in the ground, so that they can then connect the bridge to it. So it's steady. That's just a lot I mean, of thinking. That... I, I, yeah, it makes sense, but that's just a lot of thinking when you're about to fade to black. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's a good point. But I do, I think they... Because you've seen these holes, like, in the ground next to bridges when they're about to... I don't know if you have. They redid a bridge in Cincinnati recently. And there's, like, a bunch of holes in the ground. Okay. That, like steel walls that lead up along the pillars of the bridge. Okay. Make I, I mean, it, that would make sense, I'd say. But it's just just something to think about. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Okay. My question is, is more sports related. So this was originally for the MLB, but it can be in any league. Um, can you stay in any uh, major league, whether it's NFL, uh, NHL, MLB, NBA, any league is a professional athlete for 15 years without being labeled elite. Wow. Um, so, like, is there anybody out there that's playing for 15 years just completely under the radar? I don't never know. Had a, never had a year in their life that somebody's like, this is an elite athlete. So, I don't know, because I think once you, like, I mean, if you're playing for that long, I think at some point there's just kind of like a, like an unwritten rule, like this guy's elite because he's played this long. Like, like I mean, even if you weren't a, elite, and I put that in air quotes, that that entire uh, time, I think at some point you just get to elite because you've played so long. Well, that's definitely part of it. Like, you cannot stay in a in right. MLB for fifteen years unless you, you, you know, you've got your you got you got to do something. You're, you're a solid player, right? stay in the league that long but is there possible is it possible that you could slide under the radar and just be like an average hitter average fielder never cause any problems and just have a 15-year career consistently i'm gonna say no because i think again i think you have to at least be up there to to make that known i guess you're not just you think like 
Because there are guys, there are guys, like specifically in the MLB, that have had just like one or two good years, and then they end up sticking around for a long time. Yeah. Um, not that not that anyone's expecting those big years out of them, but it's somebody that you could throw in the lineup that's of that that knows what's going on in the game. Uh, might come up big for you, might not, but they're gonna give you all their effort every day. Maybe hit you know. 220, 250, right. be okay in the field, not making the incredible plays, but they're making the routine. Like, that doesn't hurt to have in your lineup. Yeah. yeah that, I mean, it's definitely so, that's a tough question. Because, like, I mean, like, like someone that I think about in basketball is J.J. Redick right now, who I don't know if he's necessarily, I mean, he's an elite shooter, so I guess that kind of debunks everything. But, I mean, he's been around the league, and he's not necessarily a top scorer or anything, but... He just does enough. You know, he does the right things. Yeah, I think he's a special case. Like, the NBA might be different. Yeah, because you, you get shooters. For this. Like a Kyle Korver, you get those kind of guys that just shoot. Exactly. And, like, there are guys that are for particular situations. Yeah. And there are a lot of, like, you know, the six man's a big deal in the NBA. And I think sometimes the six man isn't necessarily labeled as a lead, but they can come in there and get the fucking job done. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's, that's tough. NFL. I mean, think about with the NFL. There are some quarterbacks that have sat, yeah, backup quarterbacks that have sat behind somebody for years. I'd say um, that that is that is the easiest to do. Um, to to kind of hide for yeah. 15 years. Be a backup quarterback. There was I can't think who it was. I just heard someone's name today, and I was like, "There is no way you're still in the league." But they're a backup quarterback. It's gonna bug me. I sure Somebody wrote it down. that's still in the league that's surprising to you? Yeah. Um, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Brett Favre snuck in <laughs> somewhere. No shit. Because he just, he loves to make headlines for himself, and I'm pretty sure that uh, he's like Benjamin Button. He's like aging in reverse. <laughs> okay. What's your next uh, before the blackout? So my next one, um, and this is more sport-related, at what age, this is just for sports in general, it could be any sport, at what age do you realize that that kid has it, like like has the potential to be a professional athlete? What age? This is hard because I think there's an age when somebody that you're playing with or somebody that you're playing against and you're like, that's going to be a pro athlete, but then they lose it. Like there's a ton of those guys out there. Yeah. They're like, you hear about them like across town or maybe they're on your team and it's like this dude's legit but then like over the years things they everybody catches up with them or so this is a good it's a good question i think it's different for each each sport yeah it probably could be i you know there are a lot of like like football players that are really good i feel like uh, as they're growing up like those just studs that just have the game figured out they're uh, just they athletes hear about them yeah, exactly. And at that level, at that age with football, the athletes playing both ways, you know, you just see them, hear about them a lot. I'm just growing up around, like, big-time athletes like that. But <laughs> I can think back, and I'm sure you can too, about players that you played with that you were one of those guys that you're like, this guy, like, I'm in the presence of somebody that's going to go pro. And now they're, you know, they're a real estate agent or something right. like that. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, there there are people that you are around like that. So, you so do I realize that this person has the potential to be 
an athlete or they are going to go pro? I would say are going to go pro. Um, well, in high school, until I hear their name on the draft board, I don't believe them because baseball players are notorious for just like overselling themselves. Yeah, yeah. They're all, they're all studs. Supposedly so everyone can play baseball. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. But <laughs> for, for like college level guys, there are certain guys that I don't know how to explain it really. And they might not even have a great game against you or when they're playing with you, they might not always be stellar. There are just certain guys on the baseball field, at least, that it's they're on a different level. Yeah. Like, you're reading the same book. They're on a different page. They're chatting. They just ahead. look – you can tell the guys that can, like, think the game and just have that, that college, that, that high-level college in them. They think the game different, and they just – they're so smooth with everything. It's those guys that can tie everything together. We've played with a ton of guys that have a ton of knowledge – just can't put it together in the field, and then we played with a lot of guys that have so much talent, but it's all raw. They don't have a goddamn clue right. about anything going on in the field. Yeah. And then it's those it's those guys that put both of those things together that you play against them. We've played against a few guys that are independently or got drafted. It's like, yeah, I recall them being on another level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we think about um, a team that we played last year. It was really good. We swept them. No big deal. But um, they had a guy that went on to play in, in the in, in independent league, and he was just so much different than I would say the rest of us that were playing. You know, was it was di- uh, on a completely different level. And like, again, legitimately, it, you could tell. Yeah, and, and it went back to he thought the game, and he was just smooth, and he just he he carried himself different. There's never been a guy that, at least in baseball, and I'm sure this pans across all sports. That I played with in college that I heard about that got drafted or went on to like independent or playing professional baseball that I was ever shocked like what they're playing like yeah. those guys that make it to that next level there's something about them and you know it like I've never heard a name that they got drafted or they're playing professional ball that I'm like you shit me like how <laughs> no that's not the case those guys are on another level and you can see every single one of them going to that level yeah yeah so with that, like I think it's co- I think that's college for me. I can see that. Okay, my our last before the blackout before going into sports superstitions. Okay, so I heard an interview uh, Jesse Winker for the Cincinnati Reds, who's been unreal, unreal out of nowhere too. I mean, really struggled early. Um, David Bell got to give him a little bit of credit here. He stuck with him, uh, and it panned out. Uh, but this is a guy who gets interviewed um, if he hits a walk-off. One of these guys. He's not going to get interviewed every night. He's not the guy that's like electric on the mic. He's not the guy that's having right. incredible play or um, big-time hits every every night. But he's become one of these guys for the Reds all of a sudden. He's hitting um, at 365 uh, out of nowhere. So he's getting interviewed now. You know, he's one of these guys that are going to get interviewed every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's and he's given us the runaround. You know this runaround with the MLB, with every – the Bill Belichick runaround. Just ask you a question. His first question was, you know, how are you hitting – so lights out. Why? Are you, how are you hitting 365 right now? First question he was asked. And he gave us the runaround. You know, the guys behind me, um, they really know how to put together a good ball club. They just keep putting me in the position. 
um, to hit well and everything like he gives us the runaround. You know what I mean? You're right. So my question is, when do you stop giving announcers a runaround, or when do you start? So is it the young guy that's like doesn't know how to handle the media, or is it the young guy that gives you the runaround, and then eventually they can kind of show their personality? So when do you stop or when do you start giving announcers the runaround? I think I would almost flip that. I would say the older guy kind of gives the the runaround, and the young guy is just kind of speech. Yeah, and like, and the young guy is just kind of that. I don't want to say stupid because that's not the right word, but just kind of like the he doesn't know better, and he's just like having fun with it. Not that he necessarily means it to be about him, um, but he just you know just says what he says because he's young and he doesn't think about it. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know which way it is really. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't I don't think I personally would ever stop giving an announcer the run around. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the interviewer. I think I would always give him the run around. I would just have the same speech prepared. Yeah. I don't to talk about myself and be that guy. Yeah, I was going to say, like, me personally, like, I don't like talking about myself. Like, like I wouldn't ever do that. So I think it, I it mean, to me. I think it, I think it kind of depends on the guy, too. Um, I was just about to say that. It definitely depends on the guy. And, and their personality. Um, if they're able to play that kind of that, that stupid young guy. Um, I think you know what I'm talking like just a fun guy, but he just like acts like an idiot. A clubhouse guy, I guess. Exactly. Well, a beauty. Yeah, yeah. A dude that's just a dude that you walk in a locker room and just kind of exudes this like personality. Yeah, yeah. But it does depend on the guy. I've been it around does, guys yeah. that hit 200 that don't shut up about themselves, and I've been around guys that hit 400 and you wouldn't even know that they played every day right so it definitely depends on the guy i agree with that that's a good point so sports superstitions this was a really great idea by the king of shitty takes what we're gonna do for sports superstitions you take it easy you just said you don't want to talk about yourself (laughs) or brag about yourself and there you go jumping in so sports superstitions we want to do three different sports superstitions number one is one you did during sports. So what was your superstition during sports? Number two, sports superstition that you've taken into real life. So like something like it might not be sports necessarily. It could be anything. Something you're worried about. And then number three is our sports betting one. So like when you're betting on games, what sports superstition have you taken on? Grant, why don't you lead us off with number one? So uh, first one, I want to kind of just combine because they're two kind of smaller ones. Um, but while playing baseball throughout college, um, especially last year, or, or, or I guess two years ago now for our senior year, um, I always wore the same pair of socks. They were clean, but same pair. Um, and then uh, whenever I was going to be, when there's three guys ahead of me, when that guy was up, I would start getting my stuff ready. But I would do it one thing at a time. So like when there's three guys up, I would take my hat off. When... I was in the hole, that's when I would start getting my helmet and batting gloves on. And then I would stand the same way at the edge of the dugout to go to the on-deck circle. So I remember this, but I remember you doing this strictly because guys would yell down to you. Yeah. And tell you when to get ready or tell or ask you, like, why are you ready this early or something like that. And then you would have to come over to me and be like, what the fuck is with this dude? I've been doing this all fucking year. Yeah. Yeah, and, just, and you're, now you're on my fucking case because the game's exciting. Right. Yeah, and I 
And like I would even like I like I remember in our conference tournament we started a comeback against one of the teams, and I would say the same thing before each pitch. I'd yell it out like during like just sitting there in the dugout, and that's kind of how I've been with sports. Is just when something starts working, I try to keep doing that. Um, and I, I don't necessarily mean to, but I just you know I never used to look at myself as a big superstitious guy, but then I found myself doing it a lot during college. Yeah, but whatever works at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Like if you feel like it's fucking working, then keep rolling. Exactly. Uh, so my first one did during sports is I'm, a, I'm the pacer. Yep. Oh, yeah. I pace back and forth um, all game. Um, uh, during baseball, I pace in the dugout the entire time. Oh, yeah. Yep. You, back and forth. It's usually with the one arm across and the one arm that's resting on that and like the two fingers on your cheek. Yeah, I've always I've got the mouth covered. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, hand up on the face. The hand under the uh, elbow or yep. whatever, and I'm pacing back and forth. I yep. do that all game. It's just a superstitious thing. Like, and if I'm pacing, and clearly things aren't going correctly, I'll stop pacing and I'll stay completely still. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just that's something fucking weird guy. Yeah. I mean, with baseball players in general, they're very superstitious. So, like, even I mean, like, every baseball team's done this. When you start scoring some runs, you say, go back to your same spots. And, like, everyone stands exactly where they just were. And, you know, I mean, Hell yeah. you, I mean, you keep doing stuff like that. And, I mean, that's every baseball team in the world, every baseball player in the world. Do you remember uh, we were at Baldwin-Wallace? And we were hoping for a rally, like struggling all game. We're hoping for a rally. We started to make a wall. Yeah. We were swinging our arms. It was a group, the most ridiculous thing in the world. We made a wall in front of the dugout. And it just started to work. Yeah. And the boys started to fucking get it going. So yeah. we did it the whole fucking time. It was embarrassing. <laughs> we did it and we got the job done. Yeah, yeah. That's just, it worked one time and you keep doing it. And that's kind of how my, my ones became, you know. it. I hit well one game and that was what I did. So I just kept doing that. And, you know, that's, I think that's how a lot of them come for people. It just works once and you got to ride, you got to ride with it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number two, uh, something you've taken to real life. This is a hard one because I struggled. Like, what do I, I started to think like, what do I do in life that doesn't involve a sport or betting on a sport? Yeah. Yeah. It's very, so this is kind of, I was trying to think of one that was more out from this because this is kind of just like a typical, I feel like. But I do like the same exact thing when I wake up in the mornings. Um, I try to do like exact like same to the minute almost, I'd say. Which is what? Like adjust your tampon, (laughs) um, put your makeup on and start your day? What's the picture looking like here? So I go, I'll wake up, I'll turn on my on my coffee maker. I'll let that warm up. While that's warming up, I put my contacts in. And then when the contacts are in, I go out, um, put the coffee. I'll actually start to make the coffee. And then I'll go back to the bathroom and uh, do the rest of my bathroom stuff. What's the rest of your bathroom stuff? Like shower, um, brush my teeth, stuff like that. Maybe shit, piss. You're definitely, um, you're a lazy fuck, aren't you? How? 
this doesn't, I don't know. I just kind of, I get up and go. Like, I get up and go walk my dog. And you're getting up and it takes you 30 minutes to finally make your coffee after no. the machine's on. No, because then it comes out and it's really hot. So then by the time I'm out of the shower, it starts to cool down a little bit. Are you shitting me? Okay. Fuck you. Well, I, I, I like that one, though. I like the morning routine one because I do the same thing every morning, too. But I don't, I go out and walk my dog. Oh. Because uh, he, he's on a weight loss journey. <laughs> okay, things I take into real life is the. I struggle with this. Um, the outfits thing. So I have like particular outfits that I wear to work out, and I have particular yeah. outfits that I'm wearing to the game, or I'm wearing yes. out I'm a little bit. That's um, a good I'm one. Superstitious. What are you saying? I said that's a good one. Hey. I, I, I hear your tone and I don't appreciate it no I'm being dead serious because there's like sh- certain things that I won't wear to bed because I don't it's like a quote unquote good shirt I don't want to like get it stretched out well like with me it's kind of like the pants thing uh, you're not going to catch me in shorts yeah. uh, if the listeners do make sure you snap a picture and uh, tweet cue the banner nobody knows what we look like <laughs> ignore that <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you're not going to see me in shorts uh, unless I'm working out or on the baseball field. So it's just I'm a pants guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I got, I'm got i a cutoff and shorts guy when I'm working out. I'm a brag. got the guns. Um, but that's just kind of how I roll. I'm a little yeah. superstitious about what I'm wearing. That's a good one. That's a good one. This is the most important one though here. Sports betting. Your sports betting superstition. Yeah, so I'm going to kind of combine this too with like an Ohio State football game, Browns football game, because I'm betting on those anyways too, but um, something that like in sports that you really care about that, that you're not a part of. Um, and what I do is it's kind of like the same thing like what we talked about when we were playing. If if I look down on my phone and like say Ohio State's struggling or something or a team I'm betting on is struggling – and I look down on my phone, like 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 in between plays, and they do something good. I continue that. God damn it. Or or like I'll sit if if I'm sitting in a certain spot, I sit in that spot or a certain way, for the rest of that drive or even game quarter, um, like something like that. Or like if say I had um, a sweatshirt on, I took a sweatshirt off, and I started doing good. Even if I got cold again, it's staying off. Something like that. Do you kind of? kind of took mine but I can I can roll with the punches I love this one because I think it's what most people do yeah yeah most most people are crazy enough about their teams that they do this kind of stuff right you think it works you think yeah you know, yeah you think that you I mean I still a couple years ago when Ohio State came back to beat Penn State at Ohio State I'm sure you probably don't remember but big comeback Ohio no, State was I down all game Just, I don't give a shit but um I put sunglasses on at night during this game and humble. Ohio State, yeah, humble, right? And while Ohio State was down, and then as soon as I did that, they started coming back, and then I was known as sunglass guy with my friend or with the people that that we were with. Nobody calls you sunglass guy. Some randoms were humble. Sunny guy. Um, they might call you sunglass guy because you put those you put those sunglasses on your hat and you still got thumped in the head. In the left I, field. That, that never happened. My sports betting one is the watching, no watching. You kind of alluded to it. Yeah. But I think I can switch it up. Like, what I do with the no watching and watching is, like, if I'm not watching and they're playing well, I'm not going to watch. But if they're watching and I'm playing well, I have to be glued to the TV. Yep. But I can switch it up because yep. you kind of have a similar one. Um, I had a big one the last couple years 
with, well, just one year when the Bearcats were playing really well and I thought that they had the perfect team uh, to kind of push themselves into the top 15. Don't get enough credit, but anyway, I did um, Edward 40 hands every Bearcats game. Uh, And for the most part, it got the job done. We had a couple bad games, but for the most part, I don't want to even talk about the Temple game. Um, I went to bed, but Edward Fortyhand seemed to get the job done. It just really yeah. sucked having to piss. I had to pee my pants every you know two quarters or so, <laughs> um, drinking like that, humble, but got it done nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's something too. Like, like, like I'll wear the same outfit um, when same they start jersey. playing. Yeah, same jersey, same undershirt, same pants, same shoes. Yep. Oh yeah, you just gotta get it done when it comes down. Exactly, it's it, it's all on your shoulders at that point. Exactly. I, I have an influence on the game. Exactly. Sports superstitions, that was that was cool. I really liked it that was, segment. Yeah. That was fun. That was fun. I am now going to spring on a segment that we did not discuss in morning meetings because I think that I want to know. I want to know what you're made of. I want to know how fluid this is. So I am going to take you into a post-podcast speech as we were just talking on Before the Blackout. Uh-oh. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Um, picture whatever you want, but you're you're live on the air now. You, you know, millions of people are watching you on this post game speech. <laughs> whatever situation you want. Okay, you ready? Yep. Let's do it. King of Shitty Takes, you just had a hell of a performance this episode. What have you changed recently to make this happen? You know, I really focused on getting a better night's sleep um, because you know, as we know, uh, I did miss a couple uh, or just the one. Meeting in the morning, um, I couldn't make it to that, and you know I knew coming back from that it was going to be tough to uh, to be able to perform in a morning meeting and then in a podcast at night, especially here going twice a week. So uh, I think that just focus on getting a better night's sleep and getting some rest in between episodes has really uh, helped me out a lot. So I noticed that you have spun the narrative right away in this interview uh, to make it seem like what was me. Uh, look at me. Look how hard, look Look how hard I'm working, look how much I've overcome. Um, we want to refer back to the reason that you are the king of shitty takes, knock you down a peg or two. What do you have to say about all these takes that have been so shitty so far? I mean, what the media says about me being a media member doesn't really bother me. They can say whatever they want. If they want to call me the king of shitty takes, they can. But deep down, the people in my corner know that uh, that's not true. Great, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, great episode. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay, that was terrible. I mean, you didn't even talk about how great your co-host was. You didn't talk about our production crew. That interview was all about you. You're queer, you're clearly like the rookie. It was all about me. Yeah, that was all about you. Did you intend to do that? No, it was that was, it was what the questions were tailored to. They were asking about me, so I answered about me. Keep so it short and simple. Keep it about yourself. Keep it no, short and simple. Questions were about you on purpose because we talked about before the blackout. People ask questions about the person. Yeah, and I answered about that person. And then you spin the narrative and talk about how great your production team is. And then I I answered about that person. That's nice. Selfish. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have for you. Join us this Thursday for NBA, NHL updates, and much, much more. Great, great work, buddy. Hey, it was a great job by you. I'm, I'm very happy with you. You did a great job. Plank, you nailed it again. Just make sure you nail this uh, outro song as well. As always, stay safe, be healthy. Keep those feet moving. Plank, take us out. Take me to your bed.
17th. August 17th. 